Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, we are here with a full roster, all um, in our own houses, all social distancing and, uh, and and staying in the house, being good boys. Uh, but we are joined, as I say, by full roster. We're joined by Dave. How are we doing, mate? Oh, not bad, thank you. Um, the walls seem to be the same every second, every day, but it is what needs to be done. Um, it's good to get the band back together and talk our normal highbrow conversation of hockey. Um, it, it's, it's good to be back. It's, uh, it's been a while. We've uh, had a few uh, weeks off, as it were. Um, shame the virus didn't have a few weeks off. But uh, yeah, all's well here. All's, we're all fit and healthy. Um, so far, so good. And, you know, touch wood and all that. But yeah. That's the main thing, mate. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. We are also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we, mate? Uh, apart from being really tired and a crap day uh, I'm not as bad how are you I'm alright I'm alright I, I can kind of I can dig this working at home Malark. it means I don't have to get up until five minutes before I start so it's great loving <laughs> it <laughs> and last but not least we're joined by the man who joined the call with a blurred background on Skype and then turned it off when me and Dave said it was looked like a failed attempt at being an Instagram model uh, it is the toothless wonder that is Mr. Gareth Don how are you doing mate I think I'm missing my call and I'm in the Instagram model world. I think you are, mate, if I'm honest. I think you'd, you'd, you'd nail the job, mate. You know what, mate? doesn't look the same now you've turned the blur background off. Can we have it back on, please? No. Oh, OK. He's gone on natural. He's mugged me yeah. off. That's it. <laughs> I'm talking the rest of the podcast now. That's I it. Like, I wish I was in going <laughs> Nottingham this weekend. Yeah, let's yeah. not talk about that. Yeah. Down. It's like bowling for soup and the crystal maze all over again. Um, bowling. So you're bowling in general. Bowling in general. We're not going bowling in general. No, not happening. Aye. So usually at this point in the podcast, uh, we we talk about the highlights um, and the hockey that has gone by. Sadly, over the last couple of weeks, we've not been in that situation. There's been no hockey. Um, obviously, with everything going around at the moment with COVID nineteen. Um, so yeah, as as Gref says, as Gref alluded to. We, uh, we obviously should be heading to Nottingham this weekend uh, for one of the most anticipated weekends of the year. Um, and as it happens, we are not, uh, which is sad and depressing. But the main thing is everybody's staying inside, everybody's keeping safe. Um, and to be fair, gents, that leads us perfectly onto the first topic, which obviously is, um, you know, essentially what we're seeing whenever we look at his phones, watch the news, turn the telly on, walk down the street, everything. Uh, is, is obviously COVID-19 and the coronavirus. I mean, I'll say one thing that you don't get this weekend is you're not going to get the drunken photos from all four of us, um, which is a blessing in disguise. No camera, uh, You know, it's. Uh, I, I thought we'd, we'd have some humour. I found one from years back where not even a steak could describe. Um, so I thought we'd share that. I'd allow people to laugh at. Um, we laugh enough at people, so, you know, you give and take. But... Uh, yeah, COVID nineteen's really, yeah, it stuck two things up to the to the world. Never mind the sporting world. Um, all of Europe has stopped their hockey, even the KHL. Um, all the World Championships um, have been postponed, stroke cancelled for twelve months. It's it's had a huge effect. Um, and like I say, you know, the biggest the showpiece weekend of the British ice hockey calendar um, would have been, well, we would have been all setting off tomorrow. Uh, so it, it's it's really just 
it's like a sledgehammer to everything that we, we're used to and what we normally do and the, the Saturday night or oh, the end of the season or oh, everything that it's just obliterated that um, one, one thing that's been another discussion point I'm going to get the question straight away guys um, Europe has decided that there's going to be no title winners they've been consistent no, no one's um, going to be a, a title winner so there's no winners of their respective leagues um, and I don't know if it's uh, the guys in Calgary just a bit bored or they've got the fishy rods out but they, they seem to think that they've got the gear, the divine right that this should be that the right thing should be done uh, and Cardiff should be awarded the title um, uh, what do you guys think? no rubbish you can't base yeah, no. on what if I think that's just answered it no <laughs> They can go fish somewhere else. It's no. It's just madness, isn't it? I mean, I've also seen, I've I've seen arguments from Cardiff fans that they should just be awarded it because we all know they won the league, which we all know they didn't because they choked last year. Um, and then I've seen Belfast fans arguing that they are still now the reigning champions because they were the last winners of the league, which can equally no. Um, I, I've got to be honest, mate. I think that is Belfast going. How are we going to get the biggest bite of the season? Let's do that. And you, just on social media alone, they've had the bites. To be to be fair, I have to say, I mean, ultimately my favourite moment of social media coming out of this whole situation was when Belfast should have been playing Fife and Fife for 7pm face-off, us versus Belfast in the game of Kinect 4 on um, on Twitter, and Belfast just retweeted it saying, no. I'm not... I get the, the, the engagement side of things. I'm not a fan of them. Um, but, you know, each to their own and that. But I'm going to throw this thing to you. You could tenuously argue, whether they're fishing or not, that they're calling the league into disrepute they're questioning the integrity of the league what would their and I'm, I'm, I don't care they're holier than thou fans and their attitude they've been portraying uh, most of the season had Dave Sims for example questioned the integrity of the league or questioned the integrity of the devils what would their reaction be I think what it, even like, sum it up in one screenshot which would be an internet browser with www.twitter.com in the top, and then just this web page is unavailable on the screen. The whole thing are going to meltdown. You know, I I don't think I'm playing devil's advocate there. Pardon the pun. Uh, uh, it's been a while, guys. Um, Definitely intense uh, there. <laughs> not at all. Um, and I don't think I, th- I don't know if they are trying to to question the league, but I just if you look at hockey. Mer- Morality. I think the acid test is what would you say if it were Dave Sims? Um, I mean, the one example that, and I'm not going to name the guy, uh, but me and Gress saw this. Um, there was a conversation on Twitter about hockey rinks in Europe being used um, as temporary mortuaries due to the COVID 19 crisis. And one Cardiff fan said, it's no, they're not dead fans, they're just Steelers fans. Straight away, we're like, I'm going to die. No, you don't do that. But again, it's the acid test of what would if Dave Sims said it's not dead fans, they're Cardiff fans. Like you said, it's the uproar, meltdown, complete. You, you kind of, I think you, I, I, I generally think it's some of the, and it's not even like the newer Cardiff fans. It's some of the long-time Cardiff fans have lost that sense of balance. 
and it's we've had these good seasons. We are entitled for everything. Um, I mean, that example, he backtracked quicker than Usain Bolt. Um, and he would have broken his 100-meter record, in fact, he, he backtracked that quick. But it's just this, the constant, the, and I think it's, it's, it's seeping through their fan base. It's, oh, well, well, we were top. It's, it's our title. But they were top one weekend. They only went on top of the league the Friday before the season was shut down. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, we say it as Steelers fans, and, and I mean, we wrote the book on arrogance and expectation. And I, and I think it, it's just it's just kind of been we're, we're starting to see volume two being being produced of the same book. It, it, you know, we're, we're not by any means saying from that 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 it, it's Cardiff and only Cardiff, but it, you just look at it at that point and think, yeah, the, the times have just evolved to the point where yeah, Cardiff have been a bit of a dynasty team. Fair play to them, but. I mean, well and truly found, located and highlighted the line in big, bright pink highlighter and nobody's going to go near that again because that, that was just... There's the line and then there's that comment about six miles in front of the line. Like, just... I, I, I'd even say engage brain or use common sense but you shouldn't even need to do that. that uh... And the worst thing is this guy who in question was actually... He's a long-term Carter fan. Um, so it's... it's... Again, it's the, the whole thing. Um, but Andy, you mentioned straight away, you were one of the first to quickly say, um, now they shouldn't have the title. They've been given the CHL spot. Is that the right move? Personally, no. Because, like you've all said now, they were top for basically, just like Joe said, I mean, what else can you really point to? They were top for the last weekend of the season before it shut down. Apart from that, they, they weren't. Uh, I just don't understand it. I mean, for me, because everyone else has, has awarded it to, you know, leagues leagues have awarded it to the team who have won, who have got the trophy, who have got the silverware, who have finished that first place. You can't give it to a team based on a what-if moment because look what I'm last year. So that's why I think it should be the trophy winners of that season. If Cardiff had won the Challenge Cup, I'd have said the exact same thing. I said, yeah, they can have it because they won the only silverware for grabs that was before it shut down. And that, that's just how I see it. I think just to give some clarity in terms of the point Andrew was making in terms of how all the leagues have, have issued their spots. Obviously, the UK is the, the awkward cousin of the European hockey world whereas everyone it's the postseason they are the big champions whereas us it's the league title the regular season is the be all and end all and what the rest of Europe have done is because their playoffs who their national champions get a spot in the CHL they've just filtered down as to the criteria in the, um, the CHL so for example the Czech Republic the top two in regular season get a spot and then the national winner gets a spot as in the postseason, if they would have been one of the top two, the third place would have got it. Thus, why Sparta Prague have actually got a spot in the CHL next year. Um, I, as much as I understand and agree with the point you're making, Andy, I, my thinking goes towards they've done the consistent thing. As much as it has been, they've got there in the final day of the season, as it were. But they, as when the league finished, they finished top. 
it's it's consistent with how all of Europe have done. Um, and um, Joe Greff. I'm going to answer it from two perspectives as a Steelers fan and from a general answer. Generally, I think they've got the I think they've got it right. The whole point of the Champions Hockey League is that it's the Champions Hockey League, and I appreciate that might seem like a bit of a an odd comment to make, is technically the, the Devils aren't champions of anything, but generally speaking, that CHL slot goes to the team who's performed the best across the season, 61 games or however many games have played across the season, and it usually goes to that team who have played the, the you know, had the best form across all those games. Over 46 games, they've played the least amount of games in the league. Cardiff now sit top of the league, 70% point percentage, um, you know, and, and, if they win the remain, yes, it's a big if, but if they were to win their remaining games in hand, they would be well and truly and far above everybody else. We can't say whether that would have happened. But up to the 46 game point, nobody can argue in this league that anybody outperformed Cardiff. 46 games and Cardiff are at the top of the league. And I think once you look at it, statistically, you can give it to the Steelers as the winners of the Challenge Cup who have won a handful of games a semi like you know and then you know the semi at the final or you can give it to the team that have outperformed across 46 games and i think the whole point of the champions hockey league yes it's the champions hockey league and as i say they're not technically the champions but at the same time they have outperformed across the league nobody can argue that they weren't the best team up to this point in the league yes they only took the league or the top of the league for one weekend before this all happened, but that was because they played a considerably lower amount of games than everybody else in the league. And they now sit at the top, having still played the the lowest amount of games in the league. From a Steelers fan, I would still say Cardiff keep it. I wouldn't want Sheffield to be having it now. I feel like after years of Cardiff being in it and years of the Steelers not being in it, I'd rather us get it on our own merits, merits of winning the league and winning across a 60-game season than us getting it after winning the, the, the Challenge Cup. And I think also then it gives us the Conti Cup. We still get some European action. We get a chance to, to raise some silverware if we can or to represent the league as best as we can you know, in that tournament. But also, we then crack on to next year and that's our sights. I'd rather us go... I, I'd rather the next time we're in the CHL be because we've earned it across the league rather than because we've won a, a tournament that happens to be the only one that's actually had a champion. I think had we been in the CHL last season, my answer might have been different. But given the fact that it's been a number of years, I'd want the next time that we're in it to be because of that. Yeah, there's not really much I can touch on there. Joe's pretty much done it all. Um, 70% margin of wins are for Cardiff, considering the start of the season they were playing in the CHL. They've done all the CHL games and then done their own their own league games, catching up as well as Challenge Cup and then getting all the way to the final in the Challenge Cup. That's one heck of a season for Andrew Lord and his, and his guys. I can't really say much about it. I mean, I obviously... Yeah, we're not going to get there anytime soon, probably. But I'd love for it to happen. I mean, and the reason why I'd love for it to happen would be on those merits of actually winning the league. I think most 
fans want to win the league over here anyway because it's the, the be all and end all. Playoff weekend is just two games. That's it. Well, you three games, you get quarter final. Zero games if you don't make the top eight. Do you think any sure. European team would want to come to Altrigan? Yeah, for London. British team wants to go to Altrigan. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'll be honest with you, mate. I don't know if you saw the the highlights this year, but Lausanne was playing in a uh, a watered down arena that their new place is. Um, it weren't spectacular. It did a job. Um, Pop up. I think I think it was a pop up place, weren't it? I think so. Um, but you, you, you know, you look at for London. Okay, theirs is a six and a half thousand seat throwaway arena, um, but they don't use their main place. Um, so it's if that's all Manchester have. I mean, I would like to see for London in Altrincham, like I'd like to see for London at Kokoda. Yeah, I just think that'd be amazing. Yeah, but we'd like to see for London at Altrincham just because they tear the place down and we wouldn't have to go anywhere. It's less for you to travel. I yes. want to see. I want to see Joel Longfist's face when he sees it for the first time. Imagine when he goes into the changing room. I'm going to say, do you imagine that first year that Henrik Lundqvist finishes in NHL as that one season in in Florida and that first game's away at Altrincham? They'd be like, I'm used to Madison Square Garden, Barclays Coliseum, Air Canada Centre, and now at Altrincham. Even even better though, can you imagine if you got a load of European teams to travel over to Altrincham for the Conti Cup instead of the CHL, and all of a sudden, like halfway through, the away teams just tear the building down because it's because it's the level that it is, and then all of a sudden, Manchester have no other option but to relocate the remainder of the tournament to D side. <laughs> well, they, they, would, they would be allowed to host it, would they? Because they don't have oh. sufficient. They can't say one team's in one locker room, shut door, other team in there. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah imagine, you thought it was yeah. D-side. <laughs> oh, Witness, because that's pretty close as well. Yeah. Oh, Witness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's... Blackpool as well. Yeah, but there used to be, yeah. Weren't the Phoenix playing their, the, their yeah. final ebbs? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason I knew about it, to be fair. I, did, I didn't know about it other than that. So, but uh, in fact, Blackpool used to have a, a rink when Blackpool had a team in the heyday, allegedly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I must admit, I, I'm on all the reports come out, Sheffield's going to be offered um, and given. Well, I said, if they actually do use the terminology offered, then I think it'll be given the the Continental Cup spot, um, which I think will mean a uh, trip to Denmark, as all British teams end up going to. Um, that'd be fun. That'd be a good laugh. Remember how expensive Denmark was last time? Then we just go straight to the Bacardi Breezer. <sighs> Mate, Bacardi Breezer and the Summersby, that's that's what's needed to get through another trip to Denmark. Are we are we going to drag the bank across to the County Cup this year? I think you are. I think we should. So, um, basically, we're saying that... Uh, it if, interested. If, if, basically, if we are in the County Cup, it's MFZ on tour. Oh, we need T-shirts making. Right, there you go. Delegation done. But, you know, in, in terms of... Actually, back to the hockey bit. Back to the hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Just there you go. Done. There you go. That's how you do it. Um, 
and Steelers haven't had, from an outside try and look in perspective when Greffold bring him in first. With the Steelers not having European hockey for two to three years after having a after having three years of European hockey, I think from their I suppose portfolio perspective, it would be good for them to have that European hockey, even if it's not the CHL, but still, the, you know, the Europa League of club hockey in Europe. Certainly, I mean, most teams will love to be play any type of European hockey where you can win a trophy at the end. I mean, I just want to play some postseason hockey. Well, yeah, so is Buffalo as well, but you know, have it all. <laughs> I'm right before you. Well done. That was a, that was a very like sandy, proactive response, wasn't it? It was, yeah, but it's good to see. So I'm going to be sandy about a comment you haven't made. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the argument we're having. Got five seconds, Gav. <laughs> I can just imagine it, though. If you actually don't win the Conti Cup, you'll know what the reaction from the Panther fans you'll get. Oh, yeah. Oh, because they've, they've won a sandwich trophy. If if we go if if we go to the, the Conti Cup, what we're going to do, just in case, is we're going to go to Costco and buy, like, a a, 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 pa- a packet of party platter tin foil trays, and we're all going to take those. And then if we win, we're all going to stand in the crowd with these tin foil trays. It's like and the fans at the... Field and use them as drums. <laughs> It's like the fans at Stanley Cup when they get the inflatable Stanley Cup and they, they do that. But, uh, but on a serious point, in terms of if whoever goes to the Conti Cup, it would be the run of British teams in the final is four years on the trot. And something that before the Panthers, when they won the Continental Cup, before then, I think there was only four British teams that made the Conti Cup final. It's a history. London being the first, finished silver, uh, denied the cup on goal difference to Munich. Um, Belfast made the Super 8 or 10. Well, it was in two groups in two different countries, uh, but they beat Davos um, as it happened. Uh, Steelers made the final... Um, in 2010 in Grenoble, uh, finishing bronze. And then obviously the Panthers ended up the, when they won it. Um, but then from them, you've had a British team in the final every year. So Nottingham, then Sheffield when it was in Minsk, uh, Belfast when they hosted it, the Panthers back in Sunderseek. So it's actually a bit of a consistent run from, from the Elite League in the Conti Cup. And I'm going to throw it as a, kind of a, a question in regards to that. The exposure to the, of the CHL to the Elite League now, in terms of the standard of play and everyone raising the bar, is that is it something we can say is a bit of a positive effect on the teams that are in the Conti Cup? And it's actually showing that our as a league, our participation in that tournament is getting better, whereas years before it used to be the Italians always in the final, sometimes the French, an Eastern European team would make it. But now you're constantly seeing a team from the Elite League. I think it's good from the Elite League's perspective. I, I think it does shine a light on the way in which European hockey's changed. I mean, it shows you the level of the CHL. I mean, the, the teams that you're talking about in, this, like in previous times, 
Do you know, like when even when the Steelers lost out in Grenoble and the teams that we were playing then and our teams that you've seen feature in the CHL rather than the Conti Cup. And taking nothing away from Nottingham, you look at the teams that they played in that year and they were playing teams from Spain. I think they have a team from Belgrade in there, from Serbia. And, and I know they, they had someone like that in the they had a team from Turkey but yeah. in the second round, yeah. But, you, you know, you, you look at some of the teams. I mean, to be fair, some of the teams that we played, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Rungstead up there as a top team. You know, yet Minsk, I would definitely have up there as a top team. They were quite evidently a KHL feeder team. You could see that in their... I mean, to be fair, you could see that in their jersey, if nothing else. You could yeah. see you could see that in the whole outfit of the, of the team. But, you know, you, you could tell from the quality of the team that that was a KHL feeder squad. But... I think it does shine a light on the way that the Conti Cup has downgraded in terms of quality, but at the same time, you're still going up against some of the top oppositions in, in Europe. Realistically, when you look at it proportionately from the amount of teams that feature in the CHL, there's still a good cross-section cross of teams featuring in the Conti Cup. And so the fact that we're, all, that, that we're frequently now seeing a, a, an elite league team in that final who's only a credit to the, to the Elite League. And it's also, we've talked about it before, the constant, the, the improvement in form in the CHL, the Panthers making it to the knockout stages, the improvement in form for the Panthers winning the Conti Cup and teams from the Elite League constantly making the, the, the final in the Conti Cup. And we've talked about it, about the GB influence as well, have, have been sat in Pool A, of the way that that's had an effect and the, the quality of imports that we're seeing sign in this league now as well. It's, it's raised the profile of the league across those three sections. I, I agree with in the aspect of um, because the teams are not are in the CHL, it does downgrade the standards slightly per se, but I'll bring Andy into for this point. You look at the final this year where the Panthers uh, lost out to Sundesig and each team in that final have CHL experience. And if members have had multiple season experience, you had obviously the Danish team that the Panthers have been in the CHL twice, you had Grodno, who've been a couple of times, and uh, Krakow. So even though bigger teams are in the, <coughs> excuse me, the CHL, you've still got some decent teams, Andy, that are making the final. You have, definitely. Um, it's certainly a sign for the future that you know, you, you're going to see teams like you didn't expect to, to see in the NHL. You could have... Um, well, I don't know, uh, written Redden could probably make the CHL someday. Um, it's it's really open to any team. If if they have a good season, get a good run together and 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 win the season, then they suddenly suddenly find yourself a team like I don't know, Dundee if if they recruit well, um in a couple of years, you know, you could see them winning the league. So, you know, it's it's great for the leagues everywhere to see these, these sort of teams I wouldn't expect to you know to win anything suddenly just you know come out come out of nowhere and uh, and and really really um being a force to be reckoned with 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 the rest of the league so yeah it's, it's great to see these these other teams going through I don't know really I think there's much I can touch on that point it's. It'd be. I mean, the, the comment of the Dundee winning the league or getting into the Conti Cup. I mean, that would be one heck of a trip for the away team whoever goes up to Dundee. 
especially if they fly into like, like Glasgow or something. Cause it's still a good few hours away. But at least it's not like Altrincham, if we just mention it, or Kirkcaldy. To be fair, I mean, we're overlooking the fact that uh, in terms of the Conti Cup, it, it might not necessarily be a bad thing as well that the Conti Cup is at a lower level than the CHL. It's the reason that we give the CHL to the league winner and the Conti Cup to the playoff winner or, you know, in this instance, the Challenge Cup winner. I mean, you look at last year and you had Guildford were a penalty shootout away from taking the Challenge Cup. If that had been this season, Guildford would have then ended up in, in the Conti Cup. You know, that, that would be in, in terms of you know what in terms of the norm, in terms of the status quo, that would be a turnout for the books to see Guildford suddenly appear in a European competition. And I think wasn't that was that not the season as well where um wasn't it didn't end didn't it end up being Cardiff winning the league and the playoffs and so it would have been the C, it was the CHL winner sorry the CHL winner start again. Cardiff won the league and the playoffs, and so the Challenge Cup winner. I can't, I, I can't get the Challenge Cup right at all. The Challenge Cup would have ended up in the Conti Cup at that point anyway, didn't they? Which was Belfast, yeah. Which was Belfast. So, Bel- Guildford were a penalty shootout away from appearing in the Conti Cup. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I suppose one question I'll ask before we move back to some to domestic issues. In terms of timing of the events, so obviously the CHL's August time, um, Conti Cup's October, sort of September, October time. On a, on a serious point, is there a fear that the CHL may be delayed start, and they could even move to October? The issue is, it's all going to revolve around the NHL. As daft as it sounds, you're going, to, and particularly for the CHL at least, because you're going to see certain teams for under and teams like that that are having potential players that might be prospects to go ahead and play in the NHL. If the NHL are then all of a sudden having a season that... If the NHL then say that the season starts with the Stanley Cup from the end of this season, then the, the whole scale of, of and, and timetable of the NHL season then gets completely flipped upside down, which then changes how certain particularly Scandinavian teams might do it. You see a number of Swedish teams and a number of Finnish teams that feed into the NHL quite consistently. That's then going to have an effect effect on them. You've then got a a massive logistical nightmare as it is to know when all the teams, when all the leagues are starting and what they're doing and how they're starting. It's the whole thing. I mean, I'm certainly glad that it's, you know, know, I don't have to do it. I I do not envy the person that has to work out that schedule and, and that. And that side of things, because it is a huge logistical nightmare. I didn't say nightmare. <laughs> I mean, like you were mentioning, like the feed, the the youth prospects are, pro- are just either just getting drafted or they've been drafted, and it's like they're going up to training camp. Like, uh, was it Fagimo from Florida? Yeah. After the season he's had as well, it's. It's, I'm kind of glad that's not my role, my job role, because that would be an absolute nightmare. It'd be interesting to see though what happens. I agree, it's going to be all fitted around the NHL with how they're finishing their season if they finish their season. Yeah, I think 
definitely will, probably will be delayed uh, as things stand. Uh, I mean, uh, also agree probably will, will depend on the NHL, uh, but look at how things are over there right now. Uh, most cases than, than anyone around the world, I think it'll be quite a while yet before they start getting things back. Um, there was some talk of uh, if, if, if we needed to uh, in a couple of months while well, it's still on uh, well, well, I, I suppose subsided. Is that the thing? Complaints to NHL games at the um, University of North, North Dakota's arena uh, and having no fans there. So uh, yeah, it totally depends on, on on what they they sort of do, I guess. I, I kind of, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even think of the NHL when asking that question. I'm not even. I didn't even think of that kind of balance but it makes a, a, a fair point especially when, when we played for London a third of their team literally days later after playing them in Gothenburg flew out to NHL training camps so yeah I, I can see that being the case I, I, if I'm honest I don't think there's going to be much of an issue with the Country Cup just because they start later on yeah so I think that will be fine but I think the CHL could maybe delay start you know October November as well so you may have a bit of a clash of, the, of both competitions but you have to bear in mind as well, though, that the NHL's usual start date would generally be... Early October? Early October. October 15th. Probably about the 1st of October. Yeah. Talking so around games as well. So even, even with Conti Cup, you're still talking around the, the usual start of the NHL season. So the whole thing's just being flipped upside down. That's the thing. Each... It's baffling. It's going to be interesting to see what they do to dig this out and, and salvage something out of it. So if there's no, if by horrible chance there's no NHL winner, there's no Stanley Cup winners, that means Stanley uh, Louis Blue even are, are still reigning champions. Do we go down that line? I presume so. Yeah. Glory, glory for another year. I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. But uh, so yeah. Um, but sort of domestic-wise, uh, obviously we've mentioned um, that we should have been in Nottingham tomorrow, uh, enjoying the fineries that Nottingham has to offer during the playoff weekend. Um, Nobody's ever said that. Griff has once or twice. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what about the playoff weekend, my friend? And the playoff weekend only. Um, but the league have tried to... Because it's obviously a massive issue for the league, them not holding the, the playoff weekend financially. And they've mixed, or they've tried, they're trying something in September, they're scheduling September, assuming everything's back to normal and as you were. A magic weekend. So, as it stands, each team plays 54 games in the season. This is a 55th game, and you see a round of fixtures played across a weekend. Uh, gents, what do you think to that? Something had to happen. Ultimately, something had to happen. I mean, the Elite League website's calling it a Magic 5 weekend, not a Magic 4, by the way. But Because um, I just opened the link. Um, I, it, I don't know. I, I think whatever was going to happen, it was going to be an imperfect solution in comparison to the playoff finals weekend. But something needed to happen. I think the, only, the interesting thing is going to be to see the uptake. Because... Ultimately, you're going to have a lot of people. Some people might have ended up with no job. Some people might have 
ended up not working for however long and only having a percentage of their pay, you know, and then all of a sudden we're going to go into the start of the season. Who knows how long this lockdown's going to carry on and things like that. If it carries on close to the start of the season, then, you know, it might be a case that less people are going so that they can, you know, cut back on costs so that they can get themselves back to a, a more financially stable position. Maybe some people aren't going to go just because it's not the playoff weekend. Some people will go to the playoff weekend just because it is what it is. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be very, very interesting. I hope that the way that this pans out is that the the Elite League hockey fan base kind of pull together as a, this is going to be, we're go, we, we are going to make this the playoff finals weekend that we didn't have this year. But I don't know. I think this could go one or two ways. It can either go and, and exceed expectations and be, you know, the missing playoff finals weekend, or it could end up being that weekend that just fell flat on its arse and, and didn't produce anything. Yeah, like for me, I've obviously I've put in asked for a refund just on the basis of with the the, the it they're not really like actual dates, but the just ones that they penciled that was the maybe was the weekend that I'm seeing neck deep. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to go to that. But if like dates change, I may buy a ticket down the line. I'd be like for the, uh, a playoff weekend to make it off. I can, see my, I can see my own team first time. But I'm all right with that. Couldn't count as a season, mate. It's pretty Let me um, have my moment. No. No, we're not. Um, okay. Andy. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Andy, I suppose it's something that kind of Joe was saying. It went on about this weekend that we've missed as a fan base collective. And I know Rugby League do it a lot, and it's been very successful Rugby League. Um, but could this end up being kind of like the start of the season party that then becomes a new tradition alongside the end of season party that is the playoff weekend? I like it as a concept. Um, I, I, two main reasons for me is obviously after uh, you know everyone's not been able to be around each other for quite a while now and uh, it, it probably be even longer I think it's a great idea to have it as bringing the fans together uh, and also a, a revenue part of the league uh, but to call it a magic weekend I think is a bit of a a, a bit too much you know it, it the, the whole magic of it is is being you know that the whole gathering on Nottingham for a playoff weekend whether your team's in it or not you know that was all magic of it being, being that and how, how it's been for a long time. Uh, but the main problem for me is if you host it in September, and like like Joe said, if if someone who's who's on limited funds because not been able to work for so long, then if which would as a Devils fan, which would you choose? Would you choose Magic Five Weekend or going to a WCHL game abroad? If and but the thing is though, if they won the Magic Five weekend and then it didn't carry on, they would then technically be the reigning champions of the Magic Five weekend every year that it came around. That's true. Uh, and yeah, uh, be my next point. Making it a yearly thing, I I I don't think is right to be honest. I, I think it's great for a standalone thing, 
They're bringing fans together for the first time in a long time, uh, which I think is fantastic in itself. But to make it a yearly thing, I don't think I, I don't think it's quite right. You know, you you save the whole gathering until the very end of the season to celebrate a season. Obviously, we can't do that right now because we'd not be able to finish it. Uh, but yeah, I think as as a one-time thing, it's fantastic. And then after that, just keep playoff weekend as it is, you know, and, and keep Challenge Cup final as it is. Uh, but yeah, as a concept, I like it. You're bringing fans together, uh, more revenue. But like I said, with CHL and Continental Cup and funds, which would you rather choose? And obviously, it'd always be uh, the possibility of a trip abroad rather than this weekend. So. I suppose it would be the nice problem to have if your team's involved in the CHL uh, or the Conti Cup even, depends on if if you were to go along with being a regular thing. I mean, I think the reason they call it the Magic Weekend is because it's what Rugby League call it. Um, and it is has been... I mean, they don't have that playoff weekend where everyone gets together. So, in essence, Rugby League's Magic Weekend is the same thing as what we have with the playoffs. Um, I, I like the idea. I'm not gonna. I, I like it. I think hockey fans in general, when you look at it, I think it's missing out on. Because we're used to, oh, every good night, there's a winner, there's a trophy on hold. And I think if a number of people understand that there's no trophy on hold, you're watching a league game. It's a competitive game, points up for grab, which could decide the title. I mean, people say it could be 89. How much you pay for your ticket to play one, watching one competitive game? You do that in the playoffs. If your team loses in the semi-final, that third, fourth game is not competitive. Actually, it is competitive, but I think not on the ice. No. Um, you get to see players drunk. What more do you want? You can do, mate. Like, just, just hover around Nottingham at three in the morning. Um, so, but so. They're not, mate. Thanks for the offer. Yeah. Sure, I'll throw it out. You, it's, it's, it's what you hear on the grapevine. Um, Oh, I heard it through the grapevine. Exactly. So, I, I, I think... Be honest, how many people followed that up with National Accident Helpline? <laughs> I think if you had it as a begin, beginning of the year, this starts the season. You know, if, if you think... And, and obviously, I think the first time it's going to be a cost that matches the playoffs. So I think you, I think you wouldn't have it as much as the playoff weekend. But if you was to do it, let's say, the first weekend of the season, so you get all your teams to schedule their ice, their games from the second weekend onwards, but the first one, that Magic Weekend, that 55th game, and it changes every year, so you don't play the same team two years on the trot. So it's not a constant Sheffield, Nottingham, or a Cardiff, Coventry, or a Fife, Dundee. Um, and you mix it up that way. I think as a as a as a concept where because what what do people what, you, we all see social media and it's oh, I can't wait for season to start I can't wait for season to start and what a good antidote that would be get everyone together start the season with a party start it you know with a good upbeat weekend you then go into you know you carry on to this your own your home opener I think it should like, it could be something that could have some mileage. If, Maybe they should call it that instead of the Magic Weekend, the Elite League Party Weekend, sponsored by Pop World or something. Oh, yes. Sponsored by Pop World. In Who knows not a Pop World? In, in league, but there's not a Pop World. I um, I think I think your other marketing option is if you were going to go, if they were going to go ahead with it and say this is how we're going to start it, 
have it. What what you what what date have they penciled in for the start date? Twelfth of. Twelfth, thirteenth of September. Their other option, you have every team in one place at their first game of the season. Use it collectively as each team's shirt launch. First time you see each team's jersey is there and you make arrangements for each team to be able to do that. It won't work. It's not going to happen and it wouldn't work, but it it would, as a marketing tool, would be a good idea. It'd be very weird not being scrunched up at Royal Victoria. So, I'm not sure it would work. Not the Royal Vic anymore. Whatever it's called. It's a hotel. Grand Plaza. Oh, sorry. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, Andy, set up. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, 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 I say I think there's a there's potential mileage in this being a, a regular thing, a cheaper version of the playoff weekend. And you know, if you get the weekend right in September, bit of nice weather, bit of hockey. I'm not wrong. And to be fair, I mean the thing is, it's it's probably prime time to be going and heading out in the sun and sitting out in a beer garden outside bunkers. Go on. I'm down for that. Yeah. Other bars are available, but bunkers as well will be. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> this is this is this is one aspect that we can happily say we show bias. It's team bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been team bunkers uh, had we not made the final four. In fact, I actually saw the, the time hop on it. It was when literally within like bunkers twenty. Minutes, when it was t- within ten minutes, the steel's been knocked out by Cardiff straight away. Bunkers loyal. On, on, on loan to team bunkers. I had a t-shirt last year. Did you? Yeah, I bought a white t-shirt and drew on it with Sharpie and then realised that I could have bought one from Vistaprint for less than I paid for the t-shirt. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. So, yeah. thought that counted. It, it, always the thought that counts. Always the thought that counts. Um, so, after we've kind of gone through coronavirus, Europe, Magic Weekend, other bit of domestic news... Within the last 24 hours, uh, is is Glasgow clan have um, on once again on the hunt for a new head coach as they've uh, parted ways with Zach Fitzgerald. Sign Paul Thompson. I don't like this. It annoys me on a number of levels. I think I think Fitzy is. Not that it's relevant to who you sign as your as your head coach, but Fitzy was quite it was a, a big part of, of Glasgow. His elite league journey, if you want to call it that, started off in Glasgow. He got married in Glasgow. Um, you know, he returned after a few years in Sheffield to be the captain of the team, moved on to be the coach. And the thing is, you've got to keep in mind the fact that Fitzy was signed as coach in Glasgow after Pete Russell had signed half the team. Um, he had no coaching experience and he knew that going into it. Um, as I say, he'd not signed half the team by that point, if if not more that was signed by Pete Russell already. They didn't sign an experienced assistant coach to be of any aid to him as a first-time coach. And actually, they smashed it out of the park for the first 
three months of the season. And then just because they dive-bombed from, what, December to February, all of a sudden, don't you know, he's, he's dropped from the team. They were still in a slot for, for the league, you know, and... I don't know. It just it just doesn't sit well with me. Yes, they were fourth in the league last year. Yes, it's a drop in their expectations. But they signed a first-time coach the season before that. They were ninth. They didn't even make the playoffs. No, I I I don't know. I just think if you're signing a first-time coach, you don't kind him after the first season because you've not done as well as you expected to. Because realistically, if Glasgow had started the way that they ended up, this wouldn't have had the the end effect. I don't think it would have had the same response. If Glasgow had started off poor, you'd have had the whole season of Glasgow going, hey, it's a first-time coach, maybe we'll give him a bit more experience to help him behind the bench, we'll give him that chance. The only the, the thing that worked against him was the fact that actually for the first part of the season, there was no negative effect to the fact it was his first year coaching. I, I, I don't know, it just, don't, it just doesn't sit well with me. I just think, I just think it's a bit of a, a poor response from, from Glasgow. I agree, I'm asking it is a poor response. First year first year has been a head coach. Didn't really sign well, I think he signed what four or five players at the start. And then no help on from the bench. He had to try and get his own help where they did well as they could do. I mean the guy was Apart from being a really nice guy off the ice, the guy you want on your team on the ice, he's actually, he was someone that I thought, yeah, Glasgow clan, that's who I think straight away fits her. He's got, I think I'm pretty sure he had had his own house in Glasgow as well. I'd give him at least till next season. See, okay, this is your second year. See what you can do. Here's a checkbook for whatever, what whatever amount that the only wants, what that wants to give him. And say right, let's see, what, let's see what you can do with actually your own team. See what you can do. If you get, if you don't get playoffs. Fair enough. This would be fine. It'd be like right, yeah, you've not your second year. You've actually not improved any anywhere so we're going to have to look elsewhere so we was that in Slovakia when the news broke that Pete Russell had gone to Germany if memory yeah. says right and then obviously then the news of, of it shows to taken over um, and I'm like you two it's I think there's a bigger issue with, with Glasgow you know if you look at their history Finity was one week away, one weekend away from winning the league title. Um, I, if I'm honest with you, I think had they not lost to Edinburgh, they'd have picked Sheffield to the title. Um, Pete Russell, I think, took them to third. Uh, I'm going to guess. What, last year? Possibly. He, he definitely took them high on the table and then just dipped out to, was it third or fourth? I've just, I've just had it up, but I've closed it. I'm, I think it was four. But he, he definitely the top half of the league. But if if you look at it, they've not had they've not had the chance to have that continuity for a coach to establish himself apart from Finner. 
to make the team his own. And I think if anybody, Fitzgerald would have been that man that could have been the next person to do it. And Andy, I mean, if if you look at clubs and franchises, and you see a club that changes their head coach as many times as the Glasgow clan and from the Bray clan have done, then is the issue the head coach or is it someone else within the organisation? Well, first of all, um, I, I don't agree with the decision one bit, to be honest with you. Uh, Lich just had his first season as a coach. His first season. Um, he even helped out, helped about, helped out by coming out of retirement and playing. Played a few games when, when they're going through the, the injury. So I don't think the injuries that I had helped um, in in terms of you know the, the form or anything. So yeah, just ridiculous decision. And it seems to be like every year the the changing coaches and it 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 just comes to a point now where you think, well, yeah, is it is it the coach or is it someone else? Because um, I know that uh, Scott Tansky was helping him on the bench uh, for, for a few games when he was out injured and, and he, he, he was trying to shadow him, yeah. His assistant coach was a player assistant coach, for Christ's sake. He's a first-year coach and his assistant coach was a player. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I've, I think there's something, you know, some questions you probably want to ask Gareth Chalmers. Um, as, as to what if he's got a long term plan for the club uh, going forward because you know, you can't just keep bringing coaches in for a season if they do if if they do badly then let them go bring someone else in it's it's like a massive chain reaction and you know it's, at some point it's got to win you've you've got to have faith in someone not every coach you bring in is going to win your grand slams going to win your titles you know it's it's going to it's going to take a while and. And, that, and that's what it's been like for some teams. But, you know, you you, you just got to bring in a guy, have faith in him, and Zach Fitzgerald was Mr. Mr. Glasgow, effectively. You know, he, he was loved by every, everybody there. Everyone loved him. Um, you know, he... he uh, did did he meet his wife in Glasgow, or, or she... Yeah? Yeah. They certainly met in Glasgow, Crystal, yeah. Crystal, yeah. They said so, they got married in Glasgow as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So... For a guy who's had many, many life events in in Glasgow and loved by everybody there, uh, done really well in terms of hockey, you, you know, you're, and you're only going to give him one season to prove himself. That's that's just ridiculous for me. I'm not. It screams. It screams arrogance as a club to me. For a club who has no foundation to thrive off any real success. And that's not a dig at all against Glasgow. But since they joined the Elite League, their only real form of silverware has been the Earhart Conference. Or whatever the other one is. Gardner Conference, sorry. Like, you know, they, they choked out with with Finity. They gave him a number of years. But they, they've they've not, as a, as a club, within the Elite League, since they joined the Elite League, however, whenever it was, they've had no success in terms of winning the league, Challenge Cup, playoffs. So all of a sudden, they have one season where they, they're still above the line to make playoffs with a first-year coach 
and they still have the arrogance to go, that's not good enough. A team that gave Finity, how, how many seasons did he have under Glasgow? Three. Three, Three. yeah. Three. When he, when he was in a conference that gave him a significant advantage and when they had a significant points lead across at least one, if not two seasons and choked that away, they gave him three years as a player who'd already had experience as a coach. The Steelers gave Paul Thompson three years. Yes, he yes, he got some silverware at times, but it was evident that the quality of hockey was going down. That's a club who has foundation. That's the most decorated club in the Elite League. Gave him three years. And yet a club who's not actually realistically won anything significant in the Elite League have got rid of a first year coach after he's you know after one year because they finished in seventh. It's just it's just stupid. And and as you, as you guys say, a guy who had so much foundation, a guy who had so much potential to take that club somewhere else. He had he had the love of the fans. He had the love for the club. You know, I'm not being funny, but elite league coaches that have some significant ability don't come thick and fast. They don't. Look at how many teams change their coach and then end up regretting it. Rick Schoenemaz came into Nottingham. They got rid of him partway through the season. He was supposed to be a seriously decorated coach. Did nothing for them. You know, look at who was... who was who, oh, Somebody remind me, please, because I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. Was it Neil Tripp? John Tripp? John Tripp. John Tripp, ah, yeah. I knew it was Tripp. Um, you know, he came in and by all intensive purposes, everybody expected him to be a decent coach for them. Did nothing. You have a chance to have a coach who could stay with some serious tenure in Glasgow, put everything that he's got into it, give him somebody there that can help him develop as a coach, and you've got a serious potential. And when he had a first team signed and running on full capacity, they were smashing it out of the park. They hit injury trouble. Fitzy didn't know what to do. To his credit as a first-year coach, didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, no, not good enough. All the blame falls on him. Daft. It is. Um, and myself, Joe and Andy, saw him for years in Sheffield. And I appreciate Gareth, you've seen him um, in the penalty box when he ventured that part of the world. Um, quality guy, quality person on and off the rink. And wish him and his family all the best um, wherever his future lies. Hopefully, still in the UK, because we cry for characters, and there ain't bigger at the moment a set of characters than Zach Fitzgerald. So, all being well, he's, he's picked up by someone in the UK. Um, My only thing is, I can't genuinely see who else would take him. We have, to be fair, we have talked about Duty Mage not being coached for Fife. And if anything, I'd probably suggest that might be where he ends up. I can see Wallace being given more chances in Nottingham. You know, Aaron Fox is on a, what, three-year deal in Sheffield. Adam Keith ain't going anywhere. Andrew Lord ain't going anywhere. Um, Paul Dixon ain't going anywhere. Danny Stewart ain't going anywhere. He's started getting them playing the best Coventry hockey that they've had for years. So, Who's the coach? difficult. Sorry? Who's the coach in Dundee now? Um, it's ah. Pasha. Of course it is. He's not going anywhere. So I can only really see it being five. And that would Who be knows? interesting. 
would be very interesting, wouldn't it? That, that'd put the cat among the pigeons, wouldn't it? Or if Finna was to move upstairs and to go to Manchester. Who knows? It's only, I, it's only, it's only I, April anyway. We've got plenty of time to gossip and speculate. Always said this about Finna. He would make a great GM, not a great coach. Some of the teams that he put together for the Steelers when he when he was coaching us for, what, two or three years, some of the teams that he put together on paper were absolutely outstanding. They just didn't perform, and he just couldn't get them to perform. You had him as a GM and somebody who could coach, and to be fair, Fitzy strikes me as the kind of guy who, given some chance, could you know has some coaching ability. He's, you know, he's played in some decent leagues. He's made AHL. I don't. Did he break the NHL at any point? I don't think he did, but he broke. I don't broke think he it, did. He? he had a fair stint in AHL. You know, he's, he's played for a long time, and I'm not being funny, but nobody's going to give him any crap. Like you know, he's a guy that can. He's, he's a guy that can be assertive when he needs to. He's got the character. He has the respect of any player. You can see that straight away. Any team that he's played on, you can see he's got the respect of every player in there. He has every foundation to be a good coach. And Glasgow have just thrown away probably their best chance in the next five years at getting a coach with some ability. This is the point where Glasgow now signs somebody like sit coach and then throw that back in our faces. But So he did break the NHL. He played one game for Vancouver. I mean, that's Vancouver. Yeah, but, uh, you know, 200 games in the NHL. So decent league experience, decent... Um, Standard that Zach played at, so uh, but yeah, so Joe, I think this is the bit where you get. Oh, sorry, I, I was just gonna say, something. oh, my apologies, sorry. Andy. My no, apologies, okay. um, no, no, please go no, ahead. No, Andy, sorry, no, sorry, go ahead, I'm joking, I'm joking. I, I was just gonna ask you guys if you remember who, uh, when were Brayhead that brought in, he was supposed to be a, a coach, he'd play a few, he'd coach you in NHL teams, he had, had, had a mustache. Oh, who was that that brought in? And, and, he lasted like half a season, didn't they? And they made this massive hype about him. Then he, he did really poorly, didn't he? I don't even. What, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We, what, give me more context to what you're saying, because I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. Right, okay. So, so when they were brayhead, they brought in a coach who apparently had, uh, he had coached a few NHL games, and, and they had this big hype about him. Um, but he did really poorly and, and didn't even survive the end of the season. I can't remember what his name was, and I can't find any record of his name. I'm going to try and use him as, as, as like an example, but... I can't remember at all. No worries, just asking you guys if you could. I'm what going to look for this at some point, yeah. Oh, um, was something like 2013, 14? Something like a Paul Gardner. That was it, Paul, yeah, thank you, yes. Paul Gardner. Yeah. The hype they made about him, and you know, and, and look what happened. So <laughs> he was. Well, let me have a look. I've got it. I've got his stats in front of me now. He was assistant coach for the Nashville Predators, ninety-eight to two thousand and two. Oh no, sorry, two thousand and three. Coached in Russia for Lokomotiv Yaroslav, DEL head coach. And then, where did they finish that year? Sorry, I'm just finding it. 
What year did we say it was? 13, 14? Oh, or... something like 13, 14. Yeah, something like that. It was close. 12, 13. 12, 13, yeah. 13, they finished... Well, that can't be right. I'm looking at the wrong thing there, I think. I don't know. No worries. <laughs> Elite Prospects is second, but I don't think that's right. No. Eighth, 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 eighth. Yeah. So brought in a coach who who coached at, at NHL level, made massive hype about him, and yet they finish eighth and didn't even survive a season. So it just says a lot, doesn't it? Madness. It, it does, mate. It's a very good point. You can have the best resume in the world, but if you don't get it, I think that's been shown a few times with coaches that come over. Is that if you don't get the league, you could have the best resume possible, but you'll fall. You'll not win on a cold Wednesday night in five, for example. So if I've not missed anybody else, so apologies, Andy. Uh, and Griff, oh, no, you've got no, if Griff, you've got no more to add to it. I haven't, no. Okay, so what I was trying to say to Joe, he gets uh, to put the, the tux on, the uh, look, look smart and uh, get his uh, award voice on. Yeah, this is an audio podcast, so for all intents and purposes, I'm in a tux. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Penguin t-shirt. Like, like a... <laughs> Excuse me, no. a Penguin t-shirt with a Stormtrooper on the front. Thank just, you very re- much. Just resembling a Penguin. <laughs> I, like, I see what you did there, Dave. I like it. I like it. On your feet. Nice and nice and quick. Uh-huh. Certainly not happy feet, mate. Um... Uh, there's nothing you can say to that. <laughs> um, so we said last episode, and we do have to apologise. Um, we have had a couple of weeks where we've not recorded. It's been quite difficult um, getting things together over the last few weeks. Obviously, everything's been a little bit all over the place with lockdown and things like that. And I think it took a bit out of us for. I think last week was more just a case of we were we were just all knackered and and couldn't really get together. I think a couple of us were unavailable the week before. So apologies that we've not done a podcast for for the last couple of weeks. But as promised in the last episode, um, we are going to be doing the league awards. So that's what we're going to discuss now, who we believe fill the categories for the following awards. So the awards that we have, I feel like I should pass over to some famous person to read out the awards categories right now. Uh, we don't have anybody famous, so we've got me. Um, we have player of the year, uh, forward of the year, defender of the year. I'm going to stop saying of the year because it's implied. Uh, netminder, <laughs> Brit, uh, coach. And then to end with, we have rink rat. Uh, before we started recording, we discussed the the, uh, the validity of the role of rink rat, and uh, we've decided that now that hockey's and and just generally modern day society is going a bit soft, rink rat very much appears to be the modern day enforcer. Um, so we think there's some validity to that role and validity to that um, to that award. Um, so gents, I mean we've uh, we we haven't really had any discussion as to who was going to fill each of these roles. I think, to be fair, the best way for us to do this is just for the four of us to throw out any nominations we have and then to discuss it and just figure out who we think fits each role. Uh, I don't know if anybody's got any other suggested ways. To be fair, that's one thing we didn't discuss. Just one thing that uh, you probably should do is... I think we need some music for this. We need, we need drum roll. We need... Uh, just, just things like that, don't we, when you edit it? Andy, do you know the budget we actually don't have? 
Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. No, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll get a drum roll on YouTube or, or yeah, I'll get... you find that. I mean, we've got, we can't even afford Make a sure copyrighted. We, we can't even afford a kazoo, mate. Come on. I'm gonna download a soundboard app. Um, good, good idea. So See? somebody fill it, somebody fill this with random like bump while I download this soundboard app. So should we go down the the famous voice? 2019-20 was an excellent season for the Elite League. Uh, no, we're not going to because I couldn't even pull that one off. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go with what Joe said. We'll go around. We'll throw um, the ideas as who we go with, um, and then at some points to get some summer interaction, we'll we'll throw it to our social media uh, followers to see what they would nominate. Um, I have to say though, guys, I'm throwing this straight up so everyone's aware of the criteria. If Joey Martin don't get a mention somewhere on the line. We've let ourselves down. I'm saying it now. I don't know where he's going to fit in, but I'm saying it now. That's fine. That's no problem. Do we all? <laughs> Thank you for the bump. I, I, I now have a soundboard up downloaded, so are we ready to go on this one? Yeah. I, I've got a theme here. Hang on. No, no, no I've got one. I've got one. Oh, I've got, got something. So you... What game show was that? Stars in their eyes. Where the one I was thinking of? The same American game, version. Ah, that's what, that's what it may be then. There you go. So, <laughs> so Joe, after you. I I actually had my own theme tune. It was actually just the epic sax guy from Eurovision Song Contest. But um, okay, that as well. Okay, okay. So now we go over to our um, my fancy Zamboni League Awards. With that, with that intro, it's like live 4 a.m. on the beach in Ibiza. I mean, you're not wrong. I, in fairness, I wouldn't say no to that now, but obviously we're all socially uh, distancing. It's like the like life of Paul Pog- if, um, Mike Paul Pogner, Pog- isn't it? Mike, Mike Pogner. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit for between Paul Potts and Mike Potts. <laughs> <laughs> well one song, one song, and Dorma, the other song about taking a pill in Ibiza. <laughs> so which award do you want to start with then guys like the sound effect that I'm putting through there <laughs> so, so which award do you want to start with then so we will start with uh, let me have a look shall we start with Rink Rat I mean the one at the top of my list is player of the year but it seems a bit that, that deserves to be last yeah I, I, I work I think we should work like reverse order of what I've got them down here, to be fair. So I think we start with Rink Rat, to be fair. So let's go, Andy. Um, oh, there's quite there's a couple I can probably name, but my first one comes to be had is Matt Pellick. Yeah. Griff? Hello, Manchester. This is Sheffield calling. Oh, you've had a few rink rats this season, apparently. Go and have some interviews. <laughs> this is the one way you need... If we ever get to interview Infinity, that's the first question being asked. <laughs> I'm going to go with... This is where... This is where Ben throws the... Whatever device he's listening to this on, out the window. I'm going to go with Connolly. This is the point where if you sat in his car, all you're going to hear is... 
So you've started the ball rolling. I'll continue the ball rolling because I would be nominating Connolly for that award. Uh, one, one of the better rats in the league, but had the points to back himself up. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Ben. Connolly gets my vote. Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm going a different stance here. I'm going Charles Lingley. I, I think I think he's a rink rat that's like Connolly has a lot of skill. Uh, I think he's a guy that gets under a lot of people's skin. And uh, I, I, yeah, to be fair, I mean, I'd love to see him in a Steelers jersey. Yes. I wouldn't say no to that. So our nominations are two for Connolly, where a, a car in Doncaster will be going. Um, and one vote each for <laughs> Matt Pellick and Charles Lingley. Um so we'll have a discussion um, after the nominations, and we'll, we'll, I don't know how we'll, we'll play this one, but we'll, we'll find some method of doing it. Let's go coach of the year. Coach of the year is the one I've got next, yeah. Let's start. Let's go Manchester calling. This is Sheffield. Hello, Sheffield. My my nominations, my points, goes to Danny Stewart. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, I have zero idea what's going to happen when I press these buttons. <laughs> Actually, no idea. Haven't screened any of this. To all listeners, that's how we generally do this podcast. We ain't got a clue. We just, you know, off the, off the seat as pantsies. Um, let's go then. Let's, um, Joe. Hello. Your coach of the year. Who do you give 12 points to? If we're going uh, along the same line of some cheesy Eurovision effort. Let's go. I I would definitely, without a doubt, go for Ryan Finney. Um, no, or as Sheldon Cooper would say, Bazinga. Um, sorry. Um, I have. To, I'm sorry, but I have to go Homer on this one. Just for the way it's turned around this season, I, I can't go past. I can't go past Aaron Fox for some reason. My TV's just turned on. So apologies for the background noise. <laughs> oh dear. So um. We go from Joe to Andy. Andy, stop with the soundboard. I'm the soundboard man. <laughs> Just sharing the, the love here. I um, am the soundboard man. I come from far away and I can play. Sorry, Andy. Who do you nominate as coach of the year? These nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and your second nomination. Oh, God, um, I have to go with Fox as well. I mean, he's, he's brought a team, a trophy that they failed to win for the last 20 odd years. So uh, just for that alone, I think, yeah. Thank you, Andy. I would okay. probably lean towards Fox as well, um, but with honourable mentions to Stewart and immiscible not to mention... Lord, um, and the job he's done at Cardiff this year. Um, but I generally go in terms of which coach has made the difference, and people go, You've had the budget, you've had this. It's what happens. You could throw a million pounds on a roster and they could win nothing at all. Manchester Storm 2000 being exhibit A. Um, 
<laughs> so for me, that's why I said it, mate. Um, the difference maker in terms of the team, because you think of Cardiff, they've kept that bar, whereas Sheffield bar has been raised a lot, and I do go with the style that Aaron Fox has brought in. Um, but Danny Stewart's a great shout. I think he has turned it around. He, he's learnt his mistakes eventually, and he, I think Coventry would have been horrible to play in the playoffs, and I'd have put money on them to win it had the playoffs been happening. So I, my vote goes for Fox. So, uh, and it's not because he's the Sheffield coach. I, I just think if you look at the difference between last year and this year, Sheffield's day, uh, night and day. So I think the next one could be the interesting one. I think um, I'll get to Joe back once he's finished with the soundboard. The, the technical uh, elements of the awards evening. Uh, the Brit of the year. I actually pressed a random one there by accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> should label her. This soundboard is going to be a regular occurrence now, I'm telling you this. Um, Everyone downloads it. Um, it's, it's difficult to say because I think there's a number of categories that you've got to take into account because... The, the thing is, there's a standout Brit, and I, I don't think you can really look past him, to be fair, this season. I think the only Brit that I could put forward has to be Luke Ferrara. I, I can't go any further than Luke Ferrara. Uh, Gref. Yeah, my vote goes to Luke Ferrara as well. Okay, Andy. No surprise, got me Ferrara, uh, first British-born player to, to be in in a top five scorer. So yeah. These nuts. As long as I salted. I found my, <laughs> <laughs> my favourite button on the soundboard. Um. I'm Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's unavailable at this moment, Sam, so you've got David instead. Um, Hold on, can I just say, before you go any further, I feel like this next button really sums up the way that this podcast's gone since Andy introduced the soundboard. Yeah, very much so. I wish I made people laugh. You all love it, really. That could be the new intro. There's also no stop button. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Amateur Hour. Um, whoa, whoa. I didn't get the full title, maybe because it's a PG show. Um, it's, a, it's a full, clean sweep for, for Luke Ferrara. Um, yeah, you can't. A guy who's the first British top goal scorer um, for many a year, um, top division. Something not to be sniffed at. Um, I felt that needed an applause. I'm going to throw an honourable mention to Jonathan Phillips. I think as a season, he's had probably one of his better seasons and still has the pace to maintain um, than he when he started at Cardiff all them years ago. So, and he's brought a team a trophy that, that he's, it's only a trophy that he's not he's won. He's finally won ticked it, so. the, the yeah. last uh, box, yep. Um, and he's still going to be watching France in 1A next year. Uh, moving swiftly on. Um, so I think we've been clear on the bit. So we'll go on the goalie. 
Let's start Andy. For me, Matt Jin. He <laughs> can't find one now, can he? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Two hours later. I feel like the, I, I feel like Matt Jin's performance this season has been. Can't touch this. Ref, um, over to you. I'm, I'm obviously going to go with Ginner. Of course you would. Game over. Joseph. Uh, I'm going to go CJ Mott. I don't have one for that. <laughs> I'm also going to go CJ Mott as well. Um. Oh. Jin has gave Manchester many chances to win and has done. But there's also elements of his game that are just, yeah, in the bin. Sorry, Graf. Um So my nomination goes to CJ Mott. So the first one we actually have is a, a straight-up tie. On vote. So next one, defender. Um, Let's start with... Um, I'll start myself. And I'm picking this guy because of the difference he made to his team. But I'm going, as he was christened, Megatron, Marek Um Bluntly, yes, he hasn't got the goals and points as Fournier and Matheson, but how the hell he didn't get on that top line um, of the Elite League Team of the Year, I do not know. And I think, yeah. You take Trontinsky out of that team in Sheffield, and that defensive unit and core is completely different, completely weaker. Forget Kuka, because that was just the top of that made it such a difference. Tronsinski started it, and for me, he's the uh, he's my nomination for Defender of the Year. Joe. Hello. Who are you going to go for? I feel like there's a lot that you could say actually um, for this one. Uh, I'm going to go from. I can't look past Gleason Fournier. And I know it's an obvious one to say, but the, the thing you get with Gleason Fournier, I mean, he's plus. What's his plus minus? Plus three. Um, you know, he looks solid a lot of the time that he's out there on the ice. He gives his team consistency. He's been that go-to guy at the back end for a long time now for them, and he just continues to thrive off it. Um, I, I can't look past him for, for D-Man of the Year. OK. Andy? Uh, I'm going to go a bit different. In terms of a solid D-Man, uh, I would go Trunchinski, but in the uh, interest of, of being called... Um, no. What's the what, what, what's the word that they used? Yes, I know what you're on about now, mate. Yeah. What was it now? It was very biased, weren't it? Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Very I've so just biased. I've so just what? the perfect soundboard sound for Matt Jin, so we're going to go with it when Matt Jin is mentioned again. Sorry, carry on. So I, I'm going to go with Sam Jardine. Okay. Griff, over to you. I'm going to go with Dallas. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
Yeah. I'm actually gonna go for the same person that Joe went for with Gleason Fournier. Gleason Fournier. Fair play. I I feel like I I can't we can't go without mentioning Mark Matheson. Honourable mention, definitely. Point wise, probably his best season. To be fair, if Gref, if Gref said Gleason Fournier is a nomination as well, I'll throw him as a nomination. I feel like he needs to be in the discussion, to be fair. I'll, I'll change that then. Get Mad Dog into the mix. Um, so let's move to the forward. Well, let's go to the start with the sharp shooter himself. Gref. Obviously, Joey Martin. But no, I'm going to go with Sam Hare. Uh, Joe? Um, has to be Sam Hare. I also can't ignore Sam Hare as the forty year. Um, I bet he's glad of the break with the sword back carrying the Panthers every so often um, because his performance was that good. Um, Andy? Uh, Tough one for me, this one. Um, hmm. Alex Graham, no. Uh, Sam Hare. Definitely Sam Hare. Did you just say Alex Graham? Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome, Joe. There we go. <laughs> so, we've done the sixth and now we're the seventh and final on the player of the year, the MVP. Um, let's go, Andy. Who is numero uno for you this season? Uh... What in in terms of any player, just overall? It, it's the player that you feel uh, is being the best player in the Elite League this season. Uh, Has been the most value to his team. Most value. Um, As the, the MVP. I think Ferrara. Because, simply because, if Sam Hill wasn't there at the time, I think that Julian Talbot or Jake Hansen would have probably done a similar job for Nottingham. So, that's just yeah, my... Hey, you look. Just only as only as a devil's advocate, you look at Coventry. They actually have seven, eight, nine, ten. In the top ten, they've got four out of the top ten points. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, to be fair, on the flip side, have assisted Ferrara. Yeah. So. I suppose someone still has to finish it. So, but yeah, no, I, it's a fair call, that Andy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Joe, let's swing across you. Come back. Uh, to- I'm trying to think. Are you still thinking? I thought I could see some smoke. Um, 
Sorry, mate. Graf. The only person I've not written down anything far of my soul. I'm probably going to go with Sam Hare. Because he has, as Joe mentioned before, carried the team. Especially that game against Coventry where he got four goals. I've gone down the route of Sam Hare. Um, yeah, you could look at Ferrara a cracking shout as an MVP. Um, you could go in Sheffield a few different routes. Same in Cardiff. Belfast, a couple of different routes. Glasgow. Um, but the one who's had so was the biggest impact on his team to take him forward, you'd have to say Sam Hare. And his goal celebration on New Year's Day. New Year's Day, New Year's Day. Overtime winner. Do you know what? I laughed at it. It was great. Upset so many people, but it was great. Joe, have you had enough time or do you need more time? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm sorted. I have to say, I'm looking at this from a perspective of the player that's had the most impact on their team. And, and I'm kind of looking at it from a similar perspective to Andy of, I think there were others who could have carried the team were it not for Sam Hur. Uh, as uh, Andy, I mean, you pulled out Jake Hansen and, and Julian Talbot, and to be fair, it's difficult to look past them um, realistically as, as two possible candidates for the players that could have done that. Um, I, honestly, if I'm looking at all the teams across the board, I think there's a number of players that, that, that could have, you know, that did assist and could have assisted with Sheffield. Same for Belfast, same for Guildford. There's a number of teams. That the list goes on in terms of the teams. of uh, Even Coventry, as I say, there were a number of players up there in terms of points. The one team that I think would have suffered significantly had this player not been in the team, and by that reason and that reason alone, is my MVP, is Magin. I don't think Manchester could have even remotely had the season they had without Magin. I agree with you on that. Oh, well, I thought you were going to say Liam Reddock. <laughs> now he's pile on the season. <laughs> <laughs> actually, in fairness, I actually thought you were going to say Alan Morrison. The way you built that up and everything. Uh, but no, it's, 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 it's as good a, it is as good a shot, shout, even. Um, Matt Jin. Um, for that role, for, the, for that reason. Um, uh, but... Uh, so that's it. That's our nomination. So, yeah. Done. Dusted. So who are we going as the... I figure this is now the time where we have to figure out who the My Fancy Zamboni Awards are actually going to. Out of those nominations. So, let's go from start to finish. So, Rink Rat, there were two nominations for Connolly, Pellick and Lingley. What are we? Th- I mean, I, what what are we thinking? I know that obviously we can go off the ones that have been nominated the most. I mean, we've heard the reasons for each one. I mean, I mean to be fair, I mean I said Lingley, but I I could easily sway to Connolly. Um, I wouldn't. Was who was the other one that was said? Matt Pellick. Matt Pellick. I think for me, if you take Connolly points out of the question, the equation, they're equals. 
in that respect. I think the point production that Connolly did make, I think gives for this for this kind of side, I think gives him the edge. I think. I actually th- the thing is I actually think Sheffield had a better rink rack than, rink rat than Connolly. Davies. I think Davies was a better rink rat than Connolly, solely from the perspective of the whole point of a rink rat is to wind up other players, and gauge a reaction from those other players. And I don't think Connolly did that as effectively because I think for them for the first part of the season at least Connolly ended up with the majority of the penalty minutes himself. Whereas Davies, yes, with the whole thing with Gagnon, he ended up with more matches, but he took one of the most influential players from Manchester. Yes, not in terms of point production, but from being that big physical presence, he took that he took him out of the Manchester lineup for however many games. Whereas Sheffield had a number of players that were above Davies in the rankings. Realistically, he hurt Manchester a lot more than he hurt his own team. That's a fair shot. I think. Obviously, we've done the pick, and I think they certainly qualifies as an honourable mention um, in the respect of that's who we've gone for. So, with them three names, how do we want to do this? I throw in my two benefits. How I'd, I'd divide, I'd, I'd split them up. What do your guys think? I think we just take a vote. We've all put our nomination forward. But just take a vote. On uh, We all say now who it is that we go for. Now we've heard all the reasons. If you want to stick with your own or if you want to go with somebody else, we take a vote and then just go with which one. Okay. Do that. So, um, let's because you lost voice, let's start you. Do I have to go off the three from the, from the nominations? Kind of makes a bit of sense. Give me there with the nominations. I want to change my nomination. Um, no, I'm... I'm Solely from points perspective, out of the out of the three nominations, I'll go Connolly. To be fair, Griff, Connolly, Andy, on points Connolly. Get the soundboard ready, Joe, because yep. Oh oh, hold on, hold on, we're not ready. Now we're ready. So the the rink rat, as voted by the my fan Saboni, is um, Brendan Connolly. Uh, apologies, Ben, if you do hurt or damage any of your products when you hear this. Um, so, coach of the year. It was a clean sweep bar one for Aaron Fox. It was Danny Stewart. Um, so, same order. Um, Joe? Yeah, I'll stick with Fox on that one. Graf? Yeah, I'll go with Fox on this one. Andy? Fox as well. Fox has the award. Uh, so, Brit of the Year, given that this was a... Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. We need the applause for the Coach of the Year. My apologies. The Coach of the Year is... Okay, the Coach of the Year is Aaron Fox. Like, like I said, it's amateur. Um, so, Brit of the Year. Uh, clean sweep for Luke Ferrara. So, are we all agreeing that we're going to stick with his votes? Yep. 
Just do it! Yep. So, my fan Samboni, Brit of the Year, Luke Ferrara. This one could be interesting, the goal of the year. So we had two votes for Jin, two votes for CJ Mott. Two votes for who, sorry? For Jin. And the Oscar goes to... <laughs> and two votes for CJ Mott. So again, Joe, you voted for CJ Mott. Are you, are you um, sticking or you twisting? It sounds contradictory because I, I put Jin forward for player of the year, but I would stick from a just from a goalie's perspective alone. I, I'll stick with CJ Moore. I'm gonna go Griff, but I know what he's gonna say, but we'll go anyway for just for formalities. And the Oscar goes to. That's the point where you're supposed to say your player. <laughs> <laughs> Gref, we'll try it again. Are you ready? Are you ready? Give me a nod when you're ready. Yeah, I'm seeing nods. And the Oscar goes to... Cap- no, it's not Cap- right. Cap- <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm actually... If he played a lot more games, I would, I'd, I'm going to go for CJ Mark. Give us some sanity in amongst all this craziness. So, <laughs> so you went with uh, Jin. Are you sticking with your vote or are you changing to CJ Mott? I'm sticking with Jim because he has played uh, 20 or more games. And similar sort of stats, so I, I'm going to stick with Jim. No worries. I'm going to stick with my vote. Uh, that's CJ Mott. Now, in amongst the attempt that we tried getting Gref to sound like he knew what we were doing, can we just clarify that you vote as your final vote was CJ Mott? Can confirm. Thank you very much. So, the My Fans... What are you doing? The My Fans Samboni Netminder of the Year... CJ Mott. Rubbish. Hold on. Ah, ah, my soundboard's crashed. <laughs> Hold on. Absolute rubbish. Sorry, guys. <sighs> Defender of the year. So, Go we had the four. Matheson, Forney, Jardine, Tronsinski. Joe. Who were they again? Matheson, Fournier, Jardine, Trontinsky. I'm going for Fournier. Griff? Fournier. Andy? I'm going to have to say Megatron. Oh, he's just, he's just made this interesting. Very just I'm sticking with Megatron, so... Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to say, oh, 
it was, it was supposed to say oh my god but I, I it was just guys shouting oh my god it so was... let's go to the forward and we'll come back just because I think we need to think how we divide it, them two so the forward was very clear cut it was one person and I'm assuming that we're all sticking yeah, to that same vote it is the goat himself Nathan Lyons um, so are we all happy to stick with our nomination as a vote yep Andy yep uh, who was that? You said what other, all three of us have said in Sam Hur. Yeah, Megatron, definitely Megatron. Mario! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> so, on the basis that there's a majority, if not a full clean sweep, the forward, my fan Samboni, forward of the year, is Sam Hur. So, back to Defender. So, after the vote, it's narrowed down to two, Fournier and Tronsinski. How shall we divide these two up? We'll get, hold on, I'll get, this, I'll get the stats up for both players. We'll go through the stats, just 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 as a first point of contact. Um, Gleeson, 48, 46 games, uh, 47 points, and a plus-minus of plus three. Uh, let me just scroll down. To find Tronchinsky. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. Um, a few hours later. Oh, that would have been a good one. I actually can't even find him. I've probably gone past him. Right. Uh, Tron's points is 43 games, 12 goals, 30 points, total of 42 points, uh, but plus minus of 24. I, I have to say, off the back of that, I changed my vote. I'll I, I'll I'll go with, at the risk of being told I'm being biased, but I, I'll change my vote to Tronchinsky on the back of the fact he's got a plus minus of twenty four. Maybe in, this is a plus three. Maybe this could be a, a podcast sponsorship opportunity with Manchester Storm TV. Maybe we could have the, uh, the bias moment of the week next season. He's got the same plus minus as Sam Jardine. Both got twenty four. The, the thing for me is, if you look at both players, the fact that the fact that Gleeson Fournier was on the ice, sorry, the, the fact that Gleeson Fournier got 47 points and still only ended up with a plus-minus of plus three, whereas Tronchinski got, did you say, what was it, 42 points? Yeah, 42. Uh, got a plus-minus of 24. So I think, I think out of that, you can at least say, and yes, he played a few less games, but not really that many in the grand scheme of things. Um, but he was on the ice for a considerably fewer goals against from what it looks like. And it was a late addition as well. So he yeah. came in about November time. Mm. He was so all, it was 12 goals, 30 assists. Yeah. Which is not similar, to be fair, to four years. So, are you changing your vote from... I, yeah, I'll ch- I change my vote. Okay, out of the interest, Gref? I have to stick with my vote. Which is fine. Um, however, I'm assuming, Andy, you're sticking with yours? I am. Likewise, so the... Uh, my fans and defender of the year is Marek Tronsinski. <laughs> Yeah, 
Now, MVP, the final one. Nominations with Gin, Ferrara and Her. Let's go around with votes. Joe. Uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, hold on, I've got, I've got a, I've got a sound button that says "Quiz Show Tension." Hold on. Oh, I, oh, I like this. No, actually, no. This has just gone on for too long. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who are the nominations again? I was looking for. I was looking for. <laughs> Well, this is really. I'm sorry. I'll try harder. I think that's about right for you. Are you sure? Sam Hare. I thought, I thought it would just say, "I'm sorry, not actually got that." Sorry, go on. Sam Hare, Luke Ferrara, and Matt Jin. Uh, I, I'm going with Matt Jin on this one, still. Gref. I'm going with Matt Jin as well. Andy. Are you sticking with Ferrara? I can't because Manchester haven't really had anyone uh, stand out apart from Jin, and without Jin, I think I think they'd be dead bottom right now. So yeah, Jinna, I'm changing my vote. Makes a difference, but I'm also changing my vote. Hear the arguments. <laughs> Joe Martin. Um, no, um, <laughs> I, I think the argument of giving this team more the chance than the others outweighs it, and I will change it to Matt Jin. So what does that mean, Dave? That means that the my fancy Zamboni um, MVP 1920, sponsored by Manchester Storm TV, is <laughs> Matt Jin. Oh, I oh, I turned my volume down. Hold on. <laughs> that would be a really good one if that came in. So can we do that again? Can we do that again? Oh, rewind. Oh. Rewind. Oh, hold on. I'll find a soundboard. You, you, know, you know, if we did cuts, as in like um, end of year bloopers edition, I think that'd be longer than some of our podcasts. We do. It's called episode 53. And 62 and 61. Um, so, just, yeah. Can we do that again? <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> Look at his face. He's well happy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, the My Fantasy Zamboni MVP 1920 goes to. Matching. <laughs> We've got Yosko on now as well. No, we don't. <laughs> that is... And Yosko goes to... <laughs> no one. By the sounds of it. Um, so, what... <laughs> so that's the award season done. Time to put the uh, penguin suit away. Oh, Back to the schedules. Oh. And uh, thank you, Joe, for, for hosting the... Uh, 
the the awards. You're welcome. Now looking for. <laughs> You're welcome. So so whilst we, we, we're doing that, we'll put these out on social media and we we vote for. Good job that it's a bank holiday tomorrow. Even though we've all been just doing the same thing we've done for the last three weeks. Um so we'll put these out on social media. Do you know when you give a five year old a toy at Christmas? And this is just like Joe. Um, so we'll put our nominees out and we'll let social media about it being a bank holiday though. That's not the problem in the discussion we're having. Uh, we'll let people tell us if we're right or wrong. Gref, what are the ways in which people can get in touch with us? We can get in touch with us on social media with Facebook, which is my fancy Zamboni Podcast. And on Twitter, which is MFZ Podcast. And the latest addition to our social media for you, Joe? I can't remember what it is. We're on Instagram. Uh, what is it? Is it my fancy Zamboni podcast on Instagram? I can't remember. Was it MSF? You have the account. You created it. I'm going to say. <laughs> it's MFZ podcast on Instagram. Amateur. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us on uh, on social media. Just do it! Um... Yeah, so um, I had to do one more. Uh, yeah, no, thank you very much, everybody listening. Hopefully, um, us being stupid and whatever, talking rubbish, has provided some uh, some content to your uh, to your time in lockdown. Um, carry on staying inside, stay safe. We hope everybody's uh, staying healthy and staying okay. Um, and obviously, hopefully, this situation will clear itself up soon, and we'll be able to go back outside uh, in in full safety. Um, but yeah thank you to everybody for listening another long one to be fair we didn't think it was going to be a great deal of content for us to talk about and I still think we've got on two hours so uh, I don't know how we do it plenty um, of length to it plenty of length to it no I, I, I think to be fair I mean at this point this is probably the the end of season episode isn't it really it's the first one that we've had since the end of the season officially so I think now is as good a time as any as well just to say thank you to everybody that, that, that's continued to listen uh, whether that be from the first minute to the last minute, or whether that be that you stop halfway through and you realise how much crap we talk, um, you know, we as, as as daft as it is saying it at ten past one, we, you know, we enjoy doing this. Hope we hope everybody that listens to it does, uh, and a big thank you to everybody that's carried on to listening to us uh, for I think two was it two seasons now? Yeah, we've we've, we've clocked up our second season. Uh, we would have had the the world champ special, but that's not happening. But hey, another year in Cool A. I love that. That. yeah exactly that we are going to we are going to carry on trying to do podcasts it might not be every week solely from a perspective of there might not be a great deal of content um but we'll, we'll try and find things to talk about even if that's just random discussions um we will try and carry on bringing podcasts and we are we have discussed the possibility of doing a live podcast over some form of platform like twitch uh but bear with us on that we are we are playing with that idea um maybe that's the one that we do when we discuss our thoughts on the uh um, instigator penalty. I mean, that'd be a great for Twitch. Uh, uh, well, I can't get I disagree on that one. 
could you, if you think you could tell with the voice how unhappy we are, all, just imagine if you see the video. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it'll be dangerous. It'll <laughs> be dangerous. Um, but yeah, no, that's. I mean, that, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll obviously keep it going out on on Facebook and Twitter and let everybody know what's going on. Um, we did a few weeks ago a couple of things just to just to try and keep people occupied, give people things to do that, that'd be a bit of fun. So we might we might be doing that again over social media. So keep an eye on that as well. But for the time being, uh, a big thank you to everybody. Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, thank you, Joe, Griff, Andy. Um, I want to add a few um, thanks um, to the people that we've had as an interview who have contributed over at the back end of the season in our podcasts um, may try and get see if we get a couple more during the summer um, who knows but thanks to them they've added, added some worth to our uh, our shows uh, fascinating listens um, and thank you you three for uh, providing me with a different voice to the the lockdown era um, yeah thank you very much it's been a pleasure uh, yeah, thank you. I'm sorry, I just suddenly realised it was me. That no, you it's then. because I've been nice to you all and you, I'm, you're just stunned. I get that. That's fine. Don't worry. Come season three. You're three. He was looking for a soundboard. I was actually legit looking for an outro soundboard. Really? Um, the best no. I, the was best, you? The, the best I can find is can't touch this, but I don't know if I touch it, if it's just going to do can't touch this or if it's going to do the actual do, 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 do. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, Gref, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I mean, thanks to Dave and to Andy as well, and to everyone that's caught with us for the past two seasons, and especially tonight's one. Yeah, especially tonight. Uh, and Andy, thank sorry you very for much. Sorry, Alright, sorry. He's got a point. And Andy, thank you very much, sir. Um, the the video on, on Skype is it's appeared that you've you've not moved for the last hour and fifty five minutes so hopefully uh, hopefully you've moved uh, but no thank you very much Bob uh, I think I've moved uh, I I'm, I'm sort of losing track where I am now I know that I'm in the house that's all I know really but um, no as as always thanks so much Joe thanks Dave thanks Greff thanks for everyone listening and hope you're all staying safe out there. Yeah, definitely echo that. Everybody stay safe, stay indoors, um, except for when it's 8 o'clock, then stand outside and clap for the NHS and key workers. Um, we we haven't changed our logo to blue because it was already blue, but obviously a big thank you to everybody as well. Anybody that listens that is doing a key worker role, whether that be for the NHS, social workers, shop workers, military, emergency services, whatever you want. Telecoms. Telecoms? Yes. Mm. People who fix Skype. Yeah. <laughs> either, either way, they're all are this country's MVPs, Absolutely. and we all, as a country, owe you a huge debt. That is the cheesiest way we could have. <laughs> on the on the My Fancy Zamboni Awards episode, Dave finishes by saying, "You are the MVPs." <laughs> I feel like I need one of those. Ding, you know, like a little <laughs> that, that sparkle from the mouth. Gref, the thumbs up. You can't do that. <laughs> Photoshop it in. Take more than Photoshop, mate. Honestly. It's Photoshop and then there's face swap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Grant for Prime Minister. Oh, God. God. 
brilliant. But no, thank you to everybody. Hope you hope you enjoyed this. We hope you can that uh, we can bring a bit of a bit of humour and a, a bit of a smile to people's face. We know it's a bit difficult at this point. Uh, but thank you to everybody listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. I'm going to really hope that this doesn't doesn't just do can't touch this. <laughs>